If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 75 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this Sunday, December the 6th, 2020. And now let's get started by giving our shout out to Grunt Talks MLB and Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and more. Visit Ball 9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball 9. And know what you don't know. And of course, our other shout out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and, of course, where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also, follow the mastermind behind the website. His name is Darren, and you could find him on Twitter at YankeeReport28. And follow Grunt Talks MLB on all social medias at GrunttalksMLB. Special thanks to Grunt Talks MLB and Ball 9 for helping to spread the word every week about Yapping Yankees. And also don't forget guys that you can help spread the word about Yapping Yankees every week and stay updated on everything with both me and the Yankees by following me on all social medias. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at Mike Scuds 97. And also be sure to subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on all four of the platforms it's available on, and that would be YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And for the love of God, it is December. (laughs) Episode 75 has ushered in the final month of 2020, which obviously cannot end fast enough. And yes, yes, I know some of the crap of this year is going to leak into 2021, and no year is ever perfect, I know, I know. But it's still satisfying nonetheless to kiss this tragedy called 2020 goodbye forever, and hope for an at least mostly better 2021. But anyway guys, we've actually got a bit more to talk about on today's episode, believe it or not. The last couple of weeks, while the episodes have been at good lengths, there hasn't been much going on at all in this expectedly slow offseason so far. We all expected it to be slow, and so far it has mostly lived up to expectation, unfortunately. But this past week, that changed a little bit. We'll be doing a poll about Gary Sanchez today in light of the news about the Yankees tendering him a contract on Wednesday, which was the deadline for them to tender or not tender him a contract, as well as a few other players who were arbitration eligible, which we'll discuss later on in Yankees news, while also mentioning the rest of the guys who could still be up for arbitration if they don't negotiate a new deal with the Yanks before spring training. I'll also briefly talk to you about another unfortunate piece of news regarding the ugly, ugly saga of events having to do with minor league baseball overall. Another fine example of minor league baseball continuing to take its devastating blows, which really sucks. And this just adds on to how ugly the situation has already been. But what I'm speaking of specifically has to do with the continuation of the events that transpired between the Staten Island Yankees and the New York Yankees alongside Major League Baseball. You may remember about maybe three weeks ago or so, 
We spoke right here on Yapping Yankees about the Yankees dropping two of their now former minor league affiliates in the Trenton Thunder and the Staten Island Yankees, and I read a statement to you by the Staten Island Yankees that they released voicing their frustrations about being let go by the Yanks and Major League Baseball, especially after both minor league organizations were basically promised by the New York Yankees that they remain their affiliates, most importantly as a channel for their young talent on their aspiring path to the major leagues, for the foreseeable future. A long, long time, if not forever. And obviously, that's now no longer the case, and the Staten Island Yankees have decided to take further action. Tough to blame them. There's obviously so much frustration these days, but it makes an overall ugly situation even uglier. And again, it also serves as another indicator of minor league baseball just having the life sucked out of it. And it's really, really hard to watch. It really is. We'll talk more about that later in news, too. And finally, there was some news about Gio Urshela. On Friday, he apparently underwent surgery to repair an injury. Which injury was it, might you ask? And how long is the recovery time? Well, you'll have to wait and see, because I'll be sure to also tell you about that in Yankees news. Teasing is fun. (laughs) But anyway, let's jump right into things for today. We'll begin with our poll about Gary Sanchez this week over on Twitter, and then we'll see how people voted and replied on Instagram too, of course. This week's question is, do you believe that Gary will have a big bounce back season and maybe return to 2016 to 2017 form in 2021? And of course, to leave your thoughts down in the comments below the tweet for a chance at a shout out on the show. And of course, if you want to see the replies and the votes for yourself, just head on over to my Twitter at Mike Scudero, go on my timeline and you should be able to see all of it for yourself. And of course, if you have not already, drop a follow, go ahead and follow me. But when it comes to my opinion on this, of course, I've spoken plenty about Gary Sanchez this offseason up to this point, but I figured we'd do this because, of course, the Yankees did tender him a contract on Wednesday, which was the deadline for them to do so, and Gary has been a big talking point this week for that reason and the fact that he continues to play winter ball down in the Dominican Republic. And again, because I've already spoken plenty about Gary this offseason up to this point, I'll try to not make this explanation of mine as far as my take on this question a 20-minute answer. But anyway, I for one don't believe Gary Sanchez Sanchez will return to his 2016 and 2017 forms because those seasons for him were just off the charts. I think that's the best we will ever see of Gary Sanchez personally. His major league career from the point of the second half of 2016 when he constantly and continuously murdered baseballs for the entire second half of that season all the way through to 2017 which was also a fantastic season for him just did a terrific job at the plate and while there were some improvements necessary for behind the plate of course as far as his defense was concerned because of how fantastic he was at the plate you were willing to sometimes overlook those struggles behind the plate and you figured ah he'll get better someday but overall in the second half of 2016 through 2017 Gary Sanchez was a fantastic player. He was really fun to watch. And honestly, I think that's as good as we're going to see him. So truthfully, I don't see him returning to that form. But while exercising cautious optimism, I do say that I think he could definitely have a bounce back season. Now, I'm also saying this with the knowledge, and I'm just going to be blunt about this, but I'm also saying this with the knowledge that it's hard to get much worse than what we saw in 2020. Because as we've said many, many times, 2020, while you can make a little bit of an argument that at times Gary was unlucky, there really is no sugarcoating it. 2020 was an unmitigated disaster for Gary Sanchez, and it's hard to get much worse than that. 
For most of the season, he even failed in the category that he's most known for, of course, his power with his home runs. And obviously, as I've also said, you could attribute it to the fact that it was a weird, never-before-seen shortened season with trials and tribulations unlike that of any that any player has ever dealt with before. And you could say that to a certain degree for just about any player that struggled. I mean, if you want to use that, then you can. And to a certain degree, it's valid. I'm not arguing that. But again, and I've used this line many times now on this show, watching Gary Sanchez in 2020 was a chore. Regardless of how you feel about batting average, he batted 147 a 253 on base percentage, 365 slugging, 618 OPS. Those numbers are just crazy down. Absolutely brutal. And of course, you also factor in the struggles that he had behind the plate defensively too. So again, I say that I'm cautiously optimistic that he could have a bounce back season in 2021 with the knowledge that it wouldn't really be too much of a task to ask someone to do much better than a season like that of Gary Sanchez's in 2020. I mean, let's face it, 2020 could very well be viewed as rock bottom for Gary Sanchez. And of course, we know when we hit rock bottom, there's nowhere else to go but up. And honestly, if you know me at all, you cannot say anything to me about going after Gary Sanchez too much. Because if there has been anybody in the past that has been a Gary Sanchez defender, I have been quite often in the past. I've given Gary Sanchez the benefit of the doubt many times. But you also have to call it like you see it. And 2020 was a really really bad year, and the patience of lots of people has either run incredibly thin or has already hit a big fat zero. Now, me personally, I've also voiced here on the show that I do think 2021 could very well be Gary's last chance to prove himself as a Yankee. And quite frankly, I still stand by that. So if that is in fact true, I hope for his sake, for Gary's sake, that he does have a bounce back season in 2021. So I'm exercising cautious optimism. And again, truthfully, I do think it's possible that he has a bounce back season in 2021 because it's tough to get much worse than the season Gary had in 2020, as I said. I'm just telling it like it is. If you don't like that, then I don't know what to tell you. But another reason I'm saying this is because I'm tipping my cap to his work ethic this offseason. And this this is as a result of something we've also spoken about here on the show many times, and something I also mentioned just a few minutes ago, and that is the fact that Gary Sanchez is doing winter ball this offseason. He is down in the Dominican Republic playing winter ball for the first time since 2013 into 2014. That's about seven years ago. So if he's doing this thing for the first time in that many years, that tells me that something has finally woken up in this guy, or at least I hope it has, that's telling him, listen, you gotta turn this around. It's time to put the pedal to the metal here and stop fooling around. And I've said this many times, but it is a good sign that he's doing that this offseason for the first time in many years. That tells me that something may have gone off inside of him telling him it's time to get it together. And he's had a couple of hits in winter ball already. One of them was a home run. I haven't actually caught any of the games on television or streaming or however you can get it, but of course I'm always in on the loop on what happens with the Yankees. And I've heard that he's had his rough moments in winter ball, but he's also had his hits. So of course I hope the winter ball helps him to improve and that takes him into next season. That's what you hope. And you do have to give credit where credit is due. The guy's doing something in an offseason that he hasn't done in like seven years. At least he's working at it. Now you just have to hope that there are results at the end of it. So that's another reason, his work ethic. And my hope that this really helps him to improve and take some sort of momentum into next season. And lastly, whether you want to hear it or not, I do know the guy has talent in him. I do know that for a fact because we've seen it. 
So the potential is there. It's just a matter of what needs to be done to unlock and unleash some sign of it. Again, even if not on the level of 2016 and 2017, but just some sign of that potential and talent. And you know something? If we could get a year like that of maybe 2019, where he batted 232, somewhere in the 230s, I'd prefer around 250. But again, you're not going to really get many high average hitting catchers. That I'm aware of. But as long as the other numbers are really up, I can deal with the 232 average. OBP at 316 and slugging at 525. Now, those are the slugging numbers I know of when it comes to Gary Sanchez. That's the potential right there. And even though it's not godly, that would definitely be an improvement. Those were his numbers in 2019. And that was just in 106 games, which he also hit 34 home runs in, in just 106 games. So while some people would say, eh, even those numbers could be better, and yeah, they could, but I would take that. That's certainly better than anything he did in the shortened 2020 season. So even if it were a season like that of his 2019 season, and to me, compared to 2020, that's a bounce back season, if you ask me. And with his offseason work ethic in the DR this year with winter ball, if that creates good improvements and momentum that he could take into spring training and then the regular season, after that and really, really just get into the right space mentally because we know how much of baseball is the mental aspect, then I am cautiously optimistic that he could have a bounce back season. But I don't think we'll see him in his 2016 and 2017 form because that was just a different Gary Sanchez. But again, there's one thing for sure. For his sake, I would hope that he does have at least a respectable season in 2021 because as I've said, and I'll say it yet again, I do think that this could very well be his last chance. Because there have been examples up to this point that the Yankees just really lost faith in him a lot at times. I mean, as it's been established by many, including myself, they didn't start him for most of the playoffs. And most importantly, they didn't start him in the win or go home game in game five against the Rays. What does that tell you? They could be running out of patience. So the evidence is all there. Gary Sanchez is running out of time to prove himself as a Yankee, so I do think it's safe to say that 2021 could very well be his last chance. So for his sake, I really do hope that he goes out there in 2021 and has himself some sort of a bounce back season. And I am cautiously optimistic that he can, so I guess I'll say yes. And I've been very fair with both sides of the coin here. Telling it like it is with Gary, which I've definitely done. I've definitely told it like it is with him. I don't want to hear anything about that. And you Gary Sanchez defenders out there too, I have been a part of you a lot in the past. And you've heard it for yourself, especially if you've been following me on social media for a long time. And if you've been listening to Yapping Yankees from very near the beginning or even the beginning, you know that I've defended Gary plenty. And even if it's cautious optimism, I'm doing it yet again by saying yes to this question. So I don't want to hear anything from you guys either. The guy had a fantastic second half of 2016 when he came up, a fantastic 2017, a lousy 2018, a bounce back 2019 even though he died in the playoffs. But then again, much of the Yankee offense did. But staying on the subject of Gary, my point remains. And even though we had the strange shortened season, a horrendous 2020. That is just the truth, no matter what way you look at it. You could look at all the expected stats you want, but that is the truth. But once again, I am cautiously saying yes, that Gary could have a bounce back season in 2021. And by the way, he did just turn 28 a few days ago on the second, and time is running out for him to prove himself. 
So those are more or less my thoughts on this. And I am sure all of you had plenty to say down in the replies. I can't wait to read these. But first, let's see how you guys voted. The two choices for this poll obviously are either yes or no. And again, for this week, we had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of votes pile in, so a good amount of you voted. And of all of those votes, 57% of you voted for the choice of no, that you do not believe that Gary will have a bounce-back season in 2021. And the remaining 43% of you voted that you do think that he will have a bounce-back back season next year, so the choice of yes. And as you can hear, the voting results were not too far off between the two choices. And again, I don't really know if maybe me including at the end of the question, since it was sort of a two-parter as well, because at the end of the question, I also added, and maybe return to 2016 and 2017 form. So I don't know if that second parter to the question may have thrown some people off. Because as I said, while I would cautiously vote for the choice of yes, I also don't think we'll ever see Gary return to his 2016 in 2017 form. But in any event, those are the results for the poll here on Twitter. And I'm sure that once we get down to the replies in just a few moments, we'll get a better sense as to what some of you guys are thinking. So let's waste no further time and get right down to those replies. And up first today here on Twitter, we have at Laker477. And they say, I think Sanchez will have a bounce back year, but I just don't see him matching his 2016-2017 numbers. Hopefully, he proves me wrong. Well, as you just heard me say before, you know that I completely agree with that statement up and down. I totally agree. Even with the part where you say hopefully he proves you wrong because hey, if he returned to 2016-2017 form, that would be huge for this Yankees team. There's no doubt about that because 2016-2017 Gary was a killer Gary. Alright, up next is Tom at Baseball Tzar, and Tom says, I think he will improve a little, not much. They broke him. New manager and coaches since then. Alright, so we think the fact that Aaron Boone is there and the new coaching staff is there, that they might have something to do with Gary's career taking a turn for the worse since Girardi's departure and some of the other coaches that may have been working with him before? I mean, it could be. And if it is, I hope it isn't true that they broke him for good, because then that would probably mean that the Gary we've seen more often than not from 2018 to now, and I know 2019 was better, I'm just saying more often than not since 2018 to now, that that is just how Gary is now, and I don't really see Gary remaining a Yankee beyond this next year if that is in fact the truth. If that did, as you put it, break him. But I just hope for the sake of the Yankees, because just think of how good a dominant Gary would be again for this team. It would be so big for them. So for their sake, and especially for Gary's sake, and his career as a Yankee, I just hope he really has himself a nice bounce back season this year, even if it isn't on the scale of 2016 to 2017. I just hope he has himself a nice, respectable season, because it would be so beneficial for the Yankees. That goes without saying. And of course, it would be beneficial for his career going forward. But about the managerial change, because of course, there was a lot of discussion after Girardi was no longer the manager, that a part of the reason he was no longer the manager was because he was very, very hard on Gary Sanchez, or also just the young players overall. But obviously when Joe Girardi was the manager, and I don't know if this was a direct correlation with him or not, because obviously I wasn't behind the scenes with the Yankees or in the dugout or anything like that, but those were the years where Gary was at his best. But there are some people that have said part of the reason that Girardi was no longer the manager after 2017 was because of how hard apparently he was on 
Gary Sanchez. And then after he left, that was when Gary's career started to take a turn for the worse in 2018. Then 2019, he bounced back a bit as we know, and then we all know what happened last year. So I don't know if there is a true correlation between that and Joe Girardi and or the coaching staff that was working with him at those times as opposed to now, but it could be food for thought. All right, let's continue on here. We got at Marvin Dorfler 3, and Marvin says, I care more about Sanchez being a solid defensive catcher than a power hitter. Yeah, that's plenty fair. A lot of people would rather see Gary's defense improve, and who knows, hopefully his time in winter ball will help him to improve in that area, and hopefully with offense too. But yeah, having Gary's defense improve, of course, that would be humongous. Up next is at Paul Opinion, and Paul says, I believe that Gary is capable. I do not think he will, though. All right, and yeah, I expect to have a lot of people saying that they don't think he will have a bounce back season, and it's valid after what happened with last year. People will feel how they feel, and they're entitled to that. And I'm sure Gary knows that, and obviously Gary has to be at least a little bit sure that he does have to turn things around, and that what happened in 2020 really cannot happen again. I think that's why his work ethic is really, really good this offseason as far as going down to the DR, playing winter ball, and really trying to hone his craft this offseason with something he hasn't done since 2013 to 2014. And of course, we all hope it helps, but... Only time will tell. Gary has a lot of work to do to restore certain people's faith in him, and I'm pretty sure, again, that he knows that. Up next is at NotHypocrite10, and they say he's going to tap into his true potential. Have confidence in Gary. All right, we got a Gary optimist. Okay. And unless it's completely uncalled for or nonsensical, I will never shun away optimism. At Kijster underscore 1217 says, Gary has been good and at times the best catcher in baseball far more than he's been bad. He will be an all-star in 2021. Okay, and yeah, if you look back at his history, 2016-17, as we've well established up to this point, fantastic seasons. The second half of 2016, that is, because that's when he came up. 2018 was definitely a rougher one for him. 2019, he bounced back pretty nicely from 2018, and then we all know what happened last year. So yeah, if you look at his career from the second half of 2016 to now, I would say he's been good more than bad. I don't know about far more good than bad. But I don't think your statement's incorrect. And hey, if he were an all-star in 2021, that'd be awesome. That would be absolutely awesome. And in his time, he definitely has shown plenty of flashes of him being one of the best catchers, if not the best catcher in baseball. He's definitely had those moments where he has shown us that potential and that he's capable of being so, especially in a time where beyond talented catchers are not really easy to find. But there is also the other side of the coin that you have to acknowledge that he has had also his fair share of really, really ugly moments. All right, let's keep going here. Up next, we have at Julian Guillarte 1, and Julian says, I think he could bounce back, but he'll never get all the way back to 16-17 form. Well, you know, I agree with that. I think that's plenty fair. Next, we have at Ben Silb, and Ben says, nope, he was always overrated, and even if his bat heats up, he is a crappy catcher. Hmm, strong words there. One thing's for sure, when it comes to the subject of Gary, no matter which side you're on, people usually feel very strongly on their stance about Gary. And regardless of which side of the coin you're on, it definitely brings about a lot of passion and a lot of discussion. Gary is a very, very hot topic in the Yankee community, that's for sure. And again, whenever he's mentioned, no matter which side of the fence you're on, the subject of Gary usually always brings about a lot of passionate discussion and a lot of strong feelings. So when I posted this poll, both on Twitter and Instagram, I definitely expected to see responses like this one. I definitely expected it. Lots of strong, outright feelings, no matter which side you agree with. Up next, we have at DJ Minyard INC underscore, and they say, I need him to, so the Neanderthals on Yankees Twitter can find a new scapegoat. 
<laughs> Neanderthals. I don't know why. I think that word is so funny. But yes, particularly on social media, where people just love to be outrageous and outspoken, Gary definitely does have his group of people who just literally can't stand to see the side of him no matter what he does. That much is true. I think fair criticism, like the criticism that I've levied against him at some points, is fair, but it's very level-headed and very different to what those people tend to say sometimes. <laughs> Trust me, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Alright, next we have Rebecca at Peace Now for Life, and Rebecca says, I say yes. Gary is working hard this offseason playing in winter ball. He will figure it out. No way his skills just dropped off that fast. It was a tough, weird year for everyone. He will be great in 2021. Well, we hear Rebecca's responses basically every single week, and if you know her replies well, then you know that she is basically an eternal optimist, and reading her replies always makes me feel a bit better, even if I'm in a down mood. So, Rebecca, I always respect your eternal optimism. You are very level-headed and reasonable about it, because as I've also said, when you have optimism that's over the top and not deserved, then that kind of optimism rightfully annoys me. But that's not the type of optimism that you use. So I respect it, I love the confidence, and I completely agree that with his work in winter ball this offseason, I hope that the hard work this winter definitely translates into him having a bounce back year in 2021. So we definitely agree on that much and value the fact that Gary is doing winter ball this offseason to at least try to turn things around for next year. Which, again, mostly for his sake, I hope he does. At Hey Now Nat says, I'm giving him one more shot. If not, time to let go. Well, I've said the same thing. I do happen to think that this could very well be his last chance, 2021. And if it were, I would understand. As I said, if he has another really, really bad year, which again, it's hard to get much worse than what he did in 2020, but if he happens to have another brutal year, next year he'll be going into his age 29 season, having been up here since the second half of 2016, supposed to be in his prime. And just how many chances are you going to give somebody before moving on? As I've said, at some point, you have to start asking yourself that question. Some people already reached that point after 2020. But when I heard that he was doing winter ball, and also, of course, in light of what the virus did to the 2020 season, from the start of this offseason, I was willing to give him one more shot. And I think everybody should. But if 2021 is back to normal, or close to being back to normal, and he's still brutal, then you gotta start asking yourself those questions that I mentioned before. How long are you gonna give somebody to turn their career around? Especially even after an offseason like this one, when they're doing all they can to try to get it together. And if it still doesn't work, that's why I agree with the people saying that 2021 may very well be his last chance. Because I myself have said the very same thing many, many times. Alright, next we have at dbonnet59, and they say, I'm kinda hoping rather than continue to swing for the fences, Yanks Brass would be in his ear, instructing him to again use the entire field so he can get his average back up to 270 or 280. His mind has been so muddled on pitch framing, past balls, as opposed to effective hitting. Ugh, getting his average back up that high would be great. That would be 2016-2017-esque numbers. But yeah, they've been harping on his defense lately because that's needed improvement, and they've continued to try to work with him on that. And I definitely agree with the fact that if Gary were to be a better defensive catcher, that would be massive. They even changed his stance to that one knee down for the pitch framing, and they're continuing to try to work with him. And they very well could be working on the same things down in the DR while he's doing winter ball. And again, I'm just hoping that him doing that really garners better results for 2021. I don't want to see Gary fail next year. I want to see him do good because he wins and the Yankees win if that happens. It's obviously good for everybody if Gary improves. Next, we have at Shell895, and she says he'd better get it together. The clock is ticking. Yeah, he doesn't have forever, and I'm hoping 2021 is that year where he gets it together. 
At Baseball Card KI1 says, I honestly think he has improved defensively the last couple of seasons, and I think all the loud negativity has taken a toll on him. If he can get off to a good start, I think he could ride that to a very strong season. Yes, I agree. Gary definitely has to get off to a strong start this year, otherwise it's just going to start badly and it could very well snowball from there. You hope it doesn't, but it very well could. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if all the negativity has definitely taken a toll on him. Expectations have always been very high for him, so therefore people have been very hard on him when he does doesn't live up to expectation. And he's not the first guy to have had that discussion surround him about negativity getting to him. People even said that Giancarlo Stanton, in the time that he did play this past season, granted, that having no crowds may have benefited him because people were so quick to boo him in the past and that might have gotten to him. And this year, when he was on the field, that is, we again really saw another side of Giancarlo. It could be a similar thing for Gary, but then again, there weren't any fans this past season for Gary and he played basically the entire year, besides the days where the Yankees just didn't want to start him, and obviously it was a horrible season for him, so. And I know that the fans in the stands aren't the only way to receive negativity. There's social media, there's so many other avenues to receive it, but you get what I'm trying to say. And yeah, the thing about Gary's defense is, at times, it's pretty strange because you'll see that at times he couldn't block a Roldis Chapman splitter that he had just learned to throw. And this is just an example. But then right after that, Chapman could throw a 101 mile per hour fastball way over Gary's head. And with virtually little to no reaction time at all, Gary will leap up and save it like we saw in the playoffs in Cleveland. And you find yourself just looking at some of his other plays with some pitches in the dirt that looked much easier to block than that 101 mile an hour fastball way over his head. And you just say, how can't he block that? But then he could save that. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just really strange sometimes. But I get what you're saying, and I really hope he just puts it all together next year, especially with him playing winter ball this offseason. My good friend James Celestin is up next at Black Rebirth 52, and James says, Hard to say yes, man. It's so hard. I know he cares, but damn, I think this is it for Gary. Yeah, James, you're saying what a lot of others have said, and what I've even said in the past a lot, that I think that 2021 could very well be his last chance. I've said that many times today and on past shows. And it very well could be. At Yankees Goddess is next, and she says, I'm giving Gary a yes vote. You'd have to assume he's working to get better knowing that his spot on the Yankees is in jeopardy. So while I don't think he'll be as good as 16-17 Gary, I'm hoping he bounces back. Cuts down those strikeouts, gets more hits with runners in scoring position, etc. Absolutely. And as I've said, something has definitely woken up in him at least a little bit to be doing winter ball this offseason again for the first time in like seven years. But yes, I agree with your whole reply. Totally agree. Up next, we have at Scotty underscore does know, and he says, hard work pays off. He will release the Kraken, sort of. He should have a slight uptick in numbers that are close to 2019 form. I do suspect splitting time will help him, so plate appearances will go down. Boone and company will be creative. <laughs> yeah, if anything, we do know that Boone and his staff and the Yankees front office and anybody who has a say with how the team is put together, they definitely love changing around the lineup, giving days off, platooning. We know that about them. And yes, in this area, area, hopefully hard work again does pay off because if that holds true, then it should definitely pay off for 2021 because Gary's working all winter to turn himself around. And yeah, as I said before, I would be fine with something along the lines of his 2019 numbers. A lot of the time, some of those were really, really good. But yes, of course, in his case, I definitely hope that the hard work does pay off. 
at mkane5188 says, let's not forget he has never been a good defensive catcher and pitch framing is an issue. Well, yes, for the most part, prior to 2020, when even his offense took a dive, as we saw, defense definitely was the main concern with Gary. And I would say it still is. It's important to have a good defensive catcher. And at times the pitch framing was an issue. It really depended on the day, but yeah, I'm sure that's still a work in progress. Though, yes, your concerns are definitely valid with the defensive aspect. My good friend Laura's up next at Laura underscore Icemont, and she says, I think Gary will bounce back this season, but it won't be like his 2016-2017 form. Well, as I've said all throughout, I agree with that, Laura. At Steel underscore Yankee says, no, Gary can't lay off sliders in the dirt like Charlie Brown can't stop trying to kick Lucy's football. <laughs> That's funny. A lot of the righties on the team, though, to be fair, cannot lay off that low and away slider. I've even made a joke at many points, both on this show and on Twitter, that for spring training, they should just put Garrett Cole on the mound and constantly throw slider after slider after slider at every Yankees right-handed hitter until they learn how to lay off that slider, even if it's until they want to rip their damn hair out. So that was, <laughs> that was my recommendation for that. All right, let's do maybe a couple more. Next is at NYYFanForever96, simply saying, yes. All right, fair enough. Got some more Gary optimism. Next is at Gary Joe, and Joe says, I want everyone on the roster to succeed. They succeed, we win. Absolutely. That is very agreeable. Next is at the Canto Arbot, and they say, maybe not 2016 to 17, but 2019 is doable, and that would be solid in my opinion. You could be looking at a 250-ish batting average, 900 OPS, and 140 to 145 OPS plus. I would take that any day. Not many catchers will do better than that. He also hit 33 home runs in 382 plate appearances. Yeah, honestly, I can't really argue if that were to be his performance next year, too. I wouldn't argue with that. 250 batting average, that's fine for a catcher. As you said, you're not going to find much better than that. 900 OPS is definitely solid. 140 to 145 OPS plus, I agree. I would take that, too. I really, really would. I would definitely consider that a bounce back. So, yeah, I agree. Good reply. All right, let's finish off with John Farrell at JJFarrell451, and then we'll move on to Instagram. So, John says, one thing is certain, it's put up or shut up time for Sanchez. Honestly, I can't believe it's come to this. I'm in no way rooting against him, but it's fair to ask if he wants it bad enough. I think we are going to have a final New York decision inside of 200 at-bats, hoping he does well. Yeah, I mean, after all the anticipation for Gary, even before he came up and all throughout his time in the major league so far, I agree, it's hard to believe it's come to this. And I really wish it hadn't, because I have done plenty of Gary Sanchez defending in my day, and there's still a part of me, as you guys have heard, that still believes he can bounce back in 2021, especially with the work he's putting in this offseason. But I, too, absolutely hate that it's come to this. And as you've heard me say, I agree that it is put up or shut up time for him. Basically another way of saying that I think this is his last chance. But like you said you do, I too really hope that he does well in 2021. Again, for the Yankees' sake, and especially his own sake. But that's where we'll end today for the Twitter replies. Thank you all so, so much for your replies. Before we wrap up this week's poll segment, let's of course head on over to Instagram. We'll take a listen as to how the Instagrammers voted and replied, and then we'll talk about our few things in Yankees news before wrapping up today's episode. Of course, over on Instagram, the same question for the poll applies. Do you believe that Gary will have a big bounce-back season and maybe return to 2016 and 2017 form? 
in 2021. The two choices again, of course, are yes or no. And like it did on Twitter, even though it was by a smaller margin over on Twitter, the choice of no was triumphant. So on both platforms, Gary seems to have something to prove to these voters when next year comes around. On Instagram, 69% of the voters voted for the choice of no, and the remaining 31% voted for yes. So let's hear some people's thoughts over here on Instagram. First up is Sheba Husky Lover, and they say no. I think in order for Gary to be successful, he needs to stop swinging for the fences with every swing. Sadly, singles don't get you paid, and I doubt he goes with anything other than his home run or bust mentality. He might hit 20 to 25 homers if he starts much of the season, but he's definitely never getting back to 2016-2017 form. Well, you know at the end there, I definitely agree with the 2016-2017 form part. And yes, hitting singles definitely don't get you paid in today's game as much as it did back then, maybe. But obviously, regardless of which era of baseball you're talking about, it's always important to be able to put the ball in play. And yeah, it's hard to imagine Gary abandoning that mindset of wanting to hit the ball 500 feet. That's the mindset of a lot of players nowadays, and that's just another example of how the game has changed over the years. Home runs are a big part of it now. But I definitely understand what you're saying, and we will have to see how much of the season he does end up starting. And as we mentioned before, a great deal of that may depend on how his season starts. Does he come out of the gate hot, or does he not? We'll have to see. CJ Lawler 95 is next, and CJ says, I think he will have a solid year, definitely better than 2020, but he's not going to make a bang out of a cannon. All right, fair enough. That's an interesting way to put it, but I get what you mean. Sayesh2914 says no, but it's worth a shot still. Yes, I agree. I definitely think that 2021 is worth giving him a shot, but it very well could end up being his last, as I said. MountainGal456, my good friend Tina, is next, and she says, I voted yes. I don't want to bring Gary bad luck. I keep hoping he will get over whatever it is that's holding him back from performing as the Gary we once knew. So I'm trying to keep the faith with him and hope he makes a comeback. It would be great if it happens. Amen, Tina. It really would. It would be great for the Yankees, and of course, it would be great for him individually as well. Amen to that. My lovely girlfriend Vic Salimo is next, and Vic says, In the past couple of years, whenever Gary would come to the plate, I would say to myself that he was going to totally mess up, and I feel like he almost always did. It was almost like he was asleep at the plate at times, and I just honestly lost a lot of faith in relying on him. I hope he proves me wrong in the future. Yeah, I understand that, Vic. There have been plenty of situations in the last few years where Gary's had many instances and many games where a lot of fans just lost faith in rooting for him. And yes, you're right. At the plate a lot of the time, or even behind the plate if he happens to also be having a tough day defensively, sometimes he'll have that look where he's just sort of sleepwalking through the game and he's really not in it mentally. He looks like he's asleep or he's down or he's defeated. And it could be really hard to watch. It really can be. And at many times throughout, a lot of fans at times just really lost faith in him. But yeah, just like so many others have said that they hope he proves them wrong, I hope he does too. I don't think it's crazy to say at all that 2021 is perhaps the most important season of his career as far as where he goes from there. Okay, and last but not least, as always, is my mom, Julia Gina Scudero, and my mom says, he's usually disappointing and a dead at-bat until he shocks us once in a while. Hey, do I hope I'm wrong? Yes, of course. He does pull some good stuff at critical moments of a game, but it's very hard to rely on that often time when it comes to him. Again, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm not feeling too confident in Gary. I have felt for too long now, especially in 2020, he's been either putting me to sleep or making me aggravated. Time will tell. 
Absolutely it will, Mom. And yeah, I understand your feelings. A lot of people have echoed the same thing, and especially when it comes to 2020, as we've definitely highlighted, it was basically as ugly as it gets. But as we've well established in this poll segment, and as my mom said to finish off her reply, obviously, time will tell. And regardless of which side of the coin you're on when it comes to Gary, I think we can all agree on this much. 2021 is as important as it gets for Gary Sanchez, and it could very well be his final chance to prove himself in a Yankee uniform. But that is all for this week's poll segment. Thank you all so, 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 so much, as always, for voting and replying. I cannot thank you enough for your interactions here on Yapping Yankees every single week with the social media segments. As I also say every week, if I didn't get to you, you know what to do. Just keep on replying to each social media segment every single week. I will do my best to get to you. We got to a ton of replies today, and of course, especially on Twitter since it stays there, I also obviously do my social media segments on Instagram as well as Twitter, as you know. But on Instagram, I do it on my account stories, so it goes away eventually after 24 hours. So at this point, obviously, when you're listening to this, you can't go back to look at this week's poll over on Instagram because the Insta story for it is gone. But as I said earlier, when it comes to Twitter, on Twitter, it doesn't go anywhere. It stays there. So if you want to check it out on Twitter, obviously go to my Twitter page, at Mike Scudero. It should be there on my timeline. And if you want to see the remainder of the replies for yourself that maybe I didn't get to, as well as the voting results, you could go find the tweet where... I put out this week's poll and go check it out on my Twitter page. But otherwise, again, thank you all a million for interacting with this week's social media segment. As always, you guys had awesome, awesome thoughts to contribute to the social media segment this week. And of course, it was especially fun to do a poll about Gary Sanchez because of how strongly everybody feels on the subject of Gary. You could basically just post the poll and sit back and just watch the chaos in some instances. That did happen in some areas in the replies on this poll that I just didn't read because otherwise I'd be here until tomorrow morning talking to you. But it is still fun. And tons of your thoughts for this week, as they usually are, were great. And I look forward to doing the social media segment every single week. Love hearing from you guys. All right, let's wrap up episode 75 with this week's Yankees news. We got three stories for you as I teased for you at the start of the show. The first one being the next course of action that the Staten Island Yankees have officially taken against the New York Yankees. Yankees and Major League Baseball. And in case you need a reminder, this obviously follows up the announcement from a few weeks ago, and you could go back and listen to the Yapping Yankees episode, maybe from about three or four weeks ago when we talked about all of this. But this is a continuation from how Major League Baseball has dealt with the minor leagues this year as a result of what the virus has done to the sport, and what Major League Baseball has since decided to do with the minor leagues since then. And that has to do with a lot of the Major League organizations throughout baseball dropping certain minor League affiliates. And if you remember, a few weeks ago, that happened with the Yankees and the Staten Island Yankees and the Trenton Thunder. So the New York Yankees dropped the Staten Island Yankees and the Trenton Thunder from their list of affiliates. We went over all of this again a few weeks ago already. And the Staten Island Yankees and the Trenton Thunder, of course, were not happy about it one bit. And the Staten Island Yankees even came out with a statement expressing their frustration and displeasure, to put it mildly, towards Major League Baseball and the Yankees for this decision, even saying that they weren't aware of it until they saw it on the Yankees' social media page. And now, to make a highly unfortunate and ugly situation even uglier, on Thursday, the Staten Island Yankees announced that they will be seizing operations and announced that they will be suing Major League Baseball and the New York Yankees over their false promises that they'd always be an affiliate to the Yankees. 
That was another part of their statement that I read out to you a few weeks ago that they said the Yankees assured them and other affiliates like the Trenton Thunder that they would be affiliates for the foreseeable future, if not forever. And obviously now, as I said earlier, that is no longer the case. And it's tough to blame them. Obviously, it's tough to go after them for being frustrated. This is extremely, extremely unfortunate to say the least, just watching all of this unfold. But it's just another ugly step in what has just been a really tough year for minor league baseball overall. But this situation specifically has also just been really, really difficult to watch. I mean, organizations like these are channels, as I said before, they're channels for young talent who are aspiring to make it to the major leagues one day. And it's an opportunity for the locals in the community to go to these games and see these young talents that might make it to the major leagues someday. And if they're no longer connected to the Yankees, the talent on the teams is obviously going to take a dive since they will no longer be connected to the Yankees anymore. And that obviously means it may not be as much of a draw to some people as it was before. And also there's a matter of the major league clubs not being of financial assistance anymore for regular expenses since they won't be linked to them anymore. But there was yet another statement released about this whole thing going on. I'm going to read it out to you quickly just so you know what the deal is. And I know that certain people don't really care for the minor leagues, but I happen to know a lot of people, especially in the communities of a lot of these organizations, I do happen to know that a lot of people care about it. Even if in certain places the attendance wasn't that good and people weren't supporting the local teams as much anymore, But in general, and personally too, I happen to know that there are a good amount of people out there in a lot of these communities who really, really care about this happening. And a lot of people are really, really upset about it. That the higher-ups in the major leagues and even these top market teams seem to be abandoning certain minor league affiliates. These are very, very dark days for minor league baseball, and it's really tough for some people to watch, and understandably so. And as I also said, a lot of these organizations can serve as an important channel for these talents to hopefully make it to the major leagues someday. It's important. Sometimes vital for these kids on their path to the major leagues. So let me just read this statement for you really quick. I'll read it word for word as I did with the Staten Island Yankees statement a few weeks ago. All right, here we go. The Staten Island Yankees are seizing operations and have filed a lawsuit seeking legal remedies. The New York Yankees announced on November 7th, 2020 that the Staten Island Yankees were no longer part of the Yankees minor league affiliation structure, even though the Yankees had made repeated assurances that we would always be a minor league partner. Although we still have not heard this from the Yankees directly, it would appear from their press release that they would like us to go from the past arrangement in which the Staten Island Yankees were an affiliated minor league team of the New York Yankees, where we facilitated player development and brand exposure, among other benefits to the New York Yankees, to one in which we play unaffiliated baseball with no relationship to the Yankees whatsoever. This would force Staten Island to field a subpar team with players that have no connection to the Yankees farm system. Additionally, this would require additional expenses including payroll for players, coaches, and staff. Unfortunately, that additional expense and the loss of the connection to the Yankees in our shared city makes it impossible for the Staten Island Yankees to pursue this business model. The best thing we can do for the community is to step aside and let others try to save baseball in Staten Island. While we have invested considerable resources into the development of the North Shore and hope to remain a piece of that renewal, we have not been offered support to create a sustainable business entity. Accordingly, with great regret, we must seize operations. Earlier today, we filed a lawsuit against the New York Yankees and Major League Baseball to hold those entities accountable for false promises. A portion of any settlement or jury verdict will go to the Staten Island Yankees Foundation to be distributed to local Staten Island charities like the Stephen Siller Tunnel to Towers Foundation and Personal Centered Care Services. 
All outstanding ticket purchases will be fully refunded upon request. To the fans and community of Staten Island, we offer our sincere thanks for supporting our team and all of its employees over the years. (sighs) So... That's the statement. Again, yet another example of minor league baseball just struggling to get by. Obviously, as we know, in 2020, because of the virus, there wasn't even a minor league season, which could definitely have an effect on future talent. And lately, this example just being one of many, because of what's been going on in the sport, some organizations have let go of certain minor league affiliates, even affiliates that may have been promised for the foreseeable future or forever that they would remain an affiliate. Clearly, that is not the case here, and that is why the Staten Island Yankees have chosen to file a lawsuit against the New York Yankees and Major League Baseball. Obviously, you feel bad for the minor league organizations, you feel bad for the communities, and it really is just the crappiest of situations. I feel terrible about it. I've covered every ounce of this story from the beginning, and any other news that's to come from it, from this point forward, I will continue to cover so you'll be up to date on it. Obviously, we know that here on Yapping Yankees, I cover anything and everything having to do with the Yankees and their organization, and this certainly falls under that criteria. So, I feel awful for the Staten Island Yankees, I feel awful for the community of Staten Island and anybody there who really loved to go see this team and see the young talent that they had to display to the community while those players were on their way to make their dreams come true in the major leagues. Obviously, some do and some don't, but as you well heard in Staten Island's statement today, the situation, the expenses, just all of it would be too much to bear if they did not have an affiliation with the New York Yankees any longer, so they cannot continue and they have to seize operations and they will file this lawsuit, and any settlement that comes from it, they will be donating to Staten Island Charities, which of course is a great thing to do, especially in these really hard times. So, that's the Staten Island Yankees story. It sucks. Just like everything going on with minor league baseball overall just sucks right now. I hate seeing it. Most people in the baseball community overall just hate seeing this transpire. And we really just have to all keep minor league baseball in our thoughts, guys, because these are the darkest of times for them. And whether you care about it or not, minor league baseball is extremely important. That's why I cover it. This is an extremely important story to shed light on what's going on with this situation specifically, but also minor league baseball overall. And we just have to keep all of them in our thoughts. So that's the story with the Staten Island Yankees. And as I said, I will keep you updated on this show on whatever happens, if anything, with that situation going forward. But otherwise, we got a couple more stories to get through, one of them being the subject of tendering or non-tendering certain players this past week on Wednesday, which was the deadline for tendering or not tendering certain players a contract who were arbitration eligible. And I got some updates for you on that front, especially, particularly what happened with Gary Sanchez, which as I told you earlier in the show, and I will repeat now, the Yankees did tender a contract to Gary Sanchez. It's about a $1 million raise from his prorated $5 million salary in 2020. It's financially team-friendly as expected, and the right move, honestly. This is what mainly had people talking a lot more about Gary Sanchez this past week yet again, along with the fact, of course, that he's doing winter ball down in the Dominican Republic. But this was definitely a reason, too. And again, it is the right move, and I'll explain why. And I feel like a lot of people already know this, but I'll explain anyway. Because despite Gary's value probably being at an all-time low because of last season, granted it was a small sample size as we said, but it was still absolutely brutal as we know. There's simply no denying that. But despite Gary's value probably being at an all-time low, you're still not going to find a beyond elite catcher out there. 
And as far as those other options, I already spoke about why I don't think Yachty is a realistic option, Yachty or Molina, maybe about three weeks ago or so. Go listen back to that episode about Yachty if you missed it. It was maybe from about three weeks ago. There's almost 80 episodes of Yapping Yankees, guys. Almost all of them just mesh together. You'll have to forgive me if at any moment I don't remember a specific episode about a specific topic, but this was give or take about three weeks ago. And I already explained why I don't think Yachty is a realistic option. A veteran at his age and the money he would cost that could be used elsewhere just isn't too worth it at this point, if you ask me. Especially given that even his numbers have understandably been on a decline since he's obviously aging. And for the love of God, also, I've said this before, both in person to people and here on this show, and I'll say it again, whether I agree with this or not, Real Muto, JT Real Muto, is not coming here. So get it out of your heads. <laughs> it's not happening. And then the next best option is probably James McCann on the Tigers. And yeah, he's not bad. Definitely the most realistic of those three if you had to choose. But the thing is, you also can't not tender a contract to Gary and let him walk away in free agency for nothing at all. If anything at all, if you want to get rid of him, you got to do a trade so that you get pieces back for him. You can't let him get away for nothing at all. Something is better than nothing. And if they do still end up trading, him, they can now do that since they tendered him and still have him under control. Again, with his value being at an all-time low, I'm not sure how much they would get for him, but my point remains. So all around, it was the right move to tender him a contract for the friendly price they did, if you ask me. Even if they do want to get rid of him in a trade at some point, at least they'll get some sort of return. But as I've said from the start, I see him getting another shot in 2021, otherwise the poll segment from before wouldn't even have been a discussion, right? <laughs> so, as I also said though, and I will reiterate, I do think that 2021 is probably and should be his last chance, especially given the hard work he's already putting in this offseason, as we've mentioned multiple times here on the show, doing winter ball down in the Dominican Republic and trying to stay sharp throughout the offseason. Listen, Gary's 28 years old, as I said earlier. He's supposed to be in his prime. And with the work he's putting in this offseason, if he does horribly again, how much longer until you just throw your hands up in the air and say, you know what, this is just what he is at this point. It's now or never for Gary's career to take off in the right direction as far as I'm concerned. I said that before, and I'm standing by it. So that's the deal with Gary, and chances are we will be seeing him in pinstripes for at least another season in 2021. What happens after that, or even during it, depending on how he does, especially how he starts, I obviously can't account for that at this time. I'm not a fortune teller. But that is the deal with Gary as for now. Also, for other guys on the team who were arbitration eligible prior to Wednesday, relief pitchers Luis Sessa and Ben Heller were tendered contracts to avoid arbitration, and they did non-tender Jonathan Holder. So his days in pinstripes seem to be over. I'm really not upset about that. Jonathan Holder did surprisingly have some good moments on his time in the Yankees, but I would definitely think it's safe to say that more often than not, there was more bad than good. And there were so many times where Holder literally wanted to make me nosedive off the roof of my house into a pool of thumbtacks. So, to say the least, I'm not going to lose a lot of sleep over this one. But of course, I do wish Jonathan Holder luck in his future endeavors wherever he is to end up. Just to put a dash of kindness into there. I don't want to just leave you with that thought of me diving into thumbtacks headfirst. But, as far as the rest of the guys who still have the opportunity to negotiate a new deal with the Yankees between now and spring training, those guys are Judge, Voigt, Urshela, Chad Green, Glaber, Clint Frazier, Duhar, and Jordan Montgomery, and they have until spring training to negotiate new contracts with the Yanks, of course, so we'll obviously keep track of those as time continues to pass this offseason. 
And as far as our final story for today's episode, there was news about Gio Urshela. And the news was that he underwent surgery on Friday to remove a bone chip from his right elbow. And his anticipated recovery time from the surgery is three months. But there have been plenty of people who have recovered from a surgery like this in far less than that time. That's the anticipated recovery time, those three months. But I have heard some instances where some people have recovered from this surgery in about a month and a half or two months. So we'll see how long it takes for Gio to recover from this. Now, this was an injury that was nagging him at some points throughout this prior shortened season. He even missed a little bit of time for it. If you recall, he went on the IL for a little while, only for about a week and a half, give or take, and then he was good from there. And there are a lot of people who have been like, well, why didn't they give it to him earlier in October, right after they were eliminated or something like that? I mean, everybody always says that surgery is just the last resort when it comes to injuries, and they take time to evaluate the injury and try to avoid surgery at all costs, unless it's just unavoidable. So maybe they've been evaluating for some time now with Geo to see if they would truly need to operate and remove that bone chip, and they may have just come to that decision that surgery was necessary. That's my best guess, but people certainly have a right to question it. From the anticipated timeline, though, especially if it takes less than the anticipated three months, Geo should be ready to go for opening day, even some portion of spring training. So I think it'll be just fine, especially if the season is pushed back a little bit because of everything going on in the world right now. We obviously have to see how the situation with the virus progresses, how the vaccine makes out, when it's produced, when they could get it out there and mass produce it to the public. As we've well established with this whole thing with the virus, the future is just as uncertain as ever, and it is a possibility that the start of the 2021 season could be pushed back a little bit. We're not sure yet, but if that is to happen, that would give Geo even more time to be ready. So don't get me wrong, I'm not wishing for that to happen. I want the 2021 season to start on time and be played in full. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm just saying that for scenario's sake. But regardless, I do think Geo should be ready to go, and of course, alongside all Yankee fans, I wish Gio a healthy and speedy recovery. But as far as what's ahead, guys, I do feel it is important to mention this before we end today. The winter meetings do start tomorrow. Pretty sure they're all virtual, but that'll get underway tomorrow. And obviously, it's usually one of the most, if not the most, anticipated weeks of baseball's offseason each year. And obviously, they're going to be quite different this year, no thanks to the virus. But we'll see if they do anything at all to spice up this offseason, which, as we know, has been slow these past few weeks, as we expected. We've seen snakes move faster than free agency has this offseason, so we'll see if anything happens. But as for now, guys, that is all for episode 75 today. Let's give our final shout-outs to Grunt Talks MLB and Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and more. Visit Ball 9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball 9. And know what you don't know. And of course, our other shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and, of course, where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also, follow the mastermind behind the website. His name is Darren, and you can follow him on Twitter, at YankeeReport28. And you can follow Grunt Talks MLB across all social medias, at Grunt Talks MLB. Special thanks to Grunt Talks MLB and Ball 9 for helping spread the word every week about Yapping Yankees. 
And also, as always, guys, be sure to follow me on all social media so you can keep up on the latest having to do with me personally, along with the Yankees and Yapping Yankees announcements, content, and Twitter and Instagram social media segments every Saturday. Follow my Facebook fan page, at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter, at Mike Scudero, and on Instagram, at MikeScuds97. And guys, I would really appreciate it if you took the time to hit that subscribe button on the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel and also subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And while you're at it, why not listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you've missed? Episodes 34 up to episode 75 today are available on YouTube, and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Yapping Yankees is available on all four of those platforms, so do help spread the word and tell everybody you know to listen to Yapping Yankees. Once again, thank you 3000 for listening to me yap today. I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, December 13th, when I come at you with episode 76 of Yapping Yankees. Until then, guys, you know the deal. Hang in there, be patient, please stay safe, look out for your loved ones, and once again, Yankees, re-sign DJ. Have a good week, guys, and take care. Yeah.